Welcome to Humanities with Sephora. My husband tells me he doesn't believe in celebrating birthdays. That's a convenient opinion to have because somehow his birthday will fall during a well-thought-out summer vacation. We always seem to celebrate in some fantastic way. One year, we spent the day at Spa Land in Busan, South Korea. We sipped our rice drinks and were rejuvenated through multiple saunas. The year before, we trekked through biblical ruins in Ephesus, Turkey, and then dined on pastries at an outdoor music festival in the resort city of Kushidesa. And well before the pandemic, on the trip where my luggage was delayed and he ironed my wet socks, we enjoyed the delicious Austrian dessert of Kaiserschmarrn with Viennese coffee in front of the Vienna State Opera House. I wonder who plans for all these charming birthday experiences each year. Exactly. I suspect that because my birthday falls in mid-January, he and everyone else I'm related to have no more stamina to be social. A majority of our family members have birthdays in the fall and winter, and when you add family birthdays to all the events that take place for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, everyone is pretty tired of gathering and they're out of ideas on how to celebrate too. With age comes wisdom, and I have learned that my birthday is what I make of it. I try to focus on self-care to boost the three critical areas I'm always working on, the mind, body, and spirit. This year, my birthday turned into a birthday week medley of many simple, comical, and special experiences for me. Let's start with the body. Each year, I have a greater awareness that my body is getting older. While most people go get a massage on their birthday, I try to reinforce any New Year's resolution I made by going to the gym for some exercise. I try not to think about how weak or fluffy I am. Rather, I focus on how strong I'm going to become and how consistency will no doubt protect me from getting worse. I wrote a brief version of this mantra on a post-it note and placed it atop the almost still boxes of Halloween and Christmas chocolates that call to me every now and again. I go to get my hair cut. This is a big deal because I probably get my hair cut just a few times a year. Like many women, I wanted it to grow out and have the long flowing hair of my youth, but unfortunately, it never really gets past my shoulders before it begins to look pretty lifeless. I've started to dye my hair a bit too. I thought going gray would mean having scholarly grays and feeling, well, scholarly, but that's not the case here. I pushed back on the idea of coloring my hair some years ago, but a dear friend of mine told me I had to color it because get this, your voice is livelier than the color gray. Okay then, I do love the color gray and when I can pull it off, my voice will align perfectly with a shiny silver coiffure in the years to come. Speaking of taking care of one's health, I always go to the dentist right around my birthday. This year, as I sat for my cleaning, the new hygienist was chatting away about her brother and his upcoming multi-event, multicultural wedding. She talked about how she's in her early 30s and how she's been dating her boyfriend for three years. They talk about marriage and their wedding, but only in hypotheticals. She asked if I was attending any upcoming weddings. With a cleaning instrument in my mouth and saliva dripping onto my bib, what slipped out of my mouth was, well, by the time you're my age, everyone is getting divorced. I didn't mean to kill her spirit, and I felt so bad. I tried to redeem myself by saying that those remarrying usually have very intimate gatherings and decide to celebrate in altogether new ways and that I don't get as many invitations to such events anymore. Lame, I know. 
At the end of our time together, she smiled wide and said, you're so easy to talk to. Thank goodness you have a clean mouth. It helped make this conversation enjoyable. Let's break that down. My clean mouth made the conversation enjoyable. Not anything I said. Hilarious. I'm flattered and will happily take the compliment on my hygiene. I always endeavor to expand my mind, so during my birthday week, I joined our neighborhood book club meeting via Zoom. The last time I attended was about four or five years ago. Those years passed because either I didn't have time to read the selected book or I was busy. This time, I found that I'd already read the book a year ago and that my Wednesday night was free. I wanted to channel the strong female protagonist of the novel while taking the time to connect with my neighbors. I know this sounds goofy, but the best way to describe my book club neighbors is to say that they are well-read. They are all readers and the kind of cool people who are up to date on everything from current events to who the best dog sitter is on the street. The discussion that evening was about the book Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. While it's a television show now, which I haven't seen, it was an amazing book and one of the best I'd read in ages. For those of you who are curious, Lessons in Chemistry is set in the early 1960s and is about a brilliant female scientist named Elizabeth Zott, who experiences misogyny in the workplace and society. She becomes a chef on television who uses scientific principles and her astute culinary skills to make delicious meals all while empowering women through her wisdom. What I've come to realize now is that when it's been a year since I've read a book, my soul remembers its awesomeness, but my brain clearly cannot recall any details in particular. I mean, I do remember the storyline and critical moments, but because I found absolutely nothing lacking in the book, I just filed it under awesome in my head. This was a major problem because as a result of my poor memory, I had almost nothing to contribute during most of the book club meeting. While people were caught up in minor details that I must have appreciated at the time, like the dog's name or a specific joke that was made or a dish that was prepared, I couldn't remember any of them. Then the host posed this question, why do you think this book's popularity blew up? That's when I decided to chime in to prove I'd read it. So I say, it was well-written. Its storyline is novel and clear, with flashbacks that support the plot, move it forward, and develop the characters to be three-dimensional people. The internal monologues, narration, and humor were relatable, both referencing the quirks of the time period in which it occurs and in the current time period in which it is read. I thought for sure I'd impress the crowd, but while I had a big cheesy I'm proud of myself grin on my face, Everyone looked confused. We can't hear you. You're on mute. I turned my mic on and then went completely blank. I couldn't remember what I just said, so I sputtered out, um, the book blew up because, well, it was awesome and cut. The 40-minute Zoom meeting ended abruptly, and that's the last impression they might ever have of me. To lift my spirits this year, I decided to have a dinner party with a handful of my post-pandemic friends, and one of these super nice post-pandemic friends graciously hosted for me too. You know these friends. They're the ones you meet after you've reinvented yourself during a pandemic. You feel like surrounding yourself with this new version of you that feels more realistic than the previous versions of you. This crowd of women has seen me at school drop-offs or on neighborhood walks or heard me in my online foreign language class sounding like a fool. I don't think anyone in the group had ever seen me in anything other than athleisure and a makeup-free face. I was worried I would go unrecognized at my own party. The dinner party was a blast. 
In true form, only half the people who were invited came, not because I'm unliked, but because they are also adults with other pre-planned commitments. The half that did come included no two people who knew each other, which was really nice too. Everyone mingled and chatted and got to be their new post-pandemic selves as well. And during the party, I enjoyed my second Berry Chantilly cake from Whole Foods. The first cake I had earlier in the week on my actual birthday at my mini family birthday party. You know this birthday party, the less than creative celebration with your spouse, siblings, and kids. You're forced to eat takeout because no one can coordinate going to a real restaurant of your liking. I got to do the dishes right after my birthday party, and I'm not bitter at all. The saving grace of that forced family fun was the cake. It seems my husband and kids were listening when over the preceding week, I used every possible opportunity to drop, I love berry chantilly cake from Whole Foods and want that on my birthday. Next year, I'll be sure to step up my game and not just limit the messaging to a type of birthday cake. Odd family birthday parties aside, birthdays can be hard for other reasons too. I share a birthday week with a friend in England. Her mother passed away within the last few years. As we exchanged birthday voice notes, one message she sent included a sweet and honest reflection about how she doesn't feel like marking or celebrating her birthday with her mom gone. My mom passed away a few years ago, and I can honestly say that no birthday or family event in general is as fun as it was when she was alive. In a follow-up voice note, I told her some apropos Instagram wisdom I'd picked up earlier in the week that said something to the effect of, if you'd be willing to die for someone you love, you should also choose to live for that same someone. I went on to share with her that I have no doubt our mothers loved us, and they would be heartbroken to know we weren't enjoying the life they helped give us. Channeling Elizabeth Zott and Instagram, my parting wisdom to her was this. Have fun, friend, not just on your birthday or during your birthday week, but every chance you get. Don't feel guilty about it either, because doing things for yourself is a way to honor who you are and who you love, like those who've passed and those who forced takeout on you for your birthday. Thank you for listening to Humoranities. Enjoying the podcast? Please take a moment to rate it. And for more musings, visit humoranities.com and be sure to follow on all social media platforms.